everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, an old friend from the island. We've got Gary Spencer Smith, a very accomplished real estate entrepreneur, originally from the UK, a background in the Navy, got started in real estate investing on the other side of the pond on a smaller scale, then came over to Canada, I believe around 07 or 08. Yeah, is that right, yeah, Gary? 07, yeah, that's correct. And then uh, jumped right in and started doing real estate deals and became a full-time real estate investor, real estate entrepreneur, as we say, in 2012. So, Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. It's nice to be speaking to you again. So, yeah, <laughs> we were just reminiscing a little bit there before. It's, it's been quite a while and yet yes. such a short time as well. <laughs> time flies. The older I get, man, the faster it flies, that's for sure. And last time we were chatting, I think it was 2012 was the last time I interviewed you on a completely different thing. We didn't even have the podcast back then. Yeah. You were doing something pretty cool. At that point, you were living in a very small community on Vancouver Island. And it the real estate market there was flat, had been flat for a while and continued to be flat for a number of years. And you were doing a really conservative but smart approach to rent to own real estate investing at that time, which if, if my fuzzy memory serves me, was basically you're buying houses with suites in them or buying houses and putting suites in them, getting a tenant buyer in one part and renting out the other part to make sure they help get qualified for financing, all this kind of stuff, very conservative. And if they reneged on the deal, you still had a good cash flowing property, unlike a lot of rent to own investors. Yeah. Changed yes. things up yeah. since then, I think. Yeah. No, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I didn't really understand rent to owns then. It was just something that made sense. And, you know, you, you see problems, you try and solve them and look for a solution. And yeah, we were doing that and worked on my knowledge over the time and over the years. I can't believe it's 10 years since we talked. Yeah, time flies, <laughs> man. So what have you been up to since then? What's your main focus? What's your bread and butter these days? I think, you know, in 2012, there moving forward, I think I had three, four years of where I would say consolidating doing one thing. And that was buying a single family home, the BC box, putting the suite in the basement, moving on. I guess it would be like the Burr. You know, we were finding joint venture partners, doing two or three houses with each person, moving on and doing that. But yeah. you were holding on to them or were you selling yeah, them? Holding on to them, still have them to this day, quite a lot of them. Yeah, we were keeping them. I did. I only did the two rent to owns at the time and then everything else. Because I was thinking, geez, that's a lot of work to be selling yeah. that off to a tender buyer that's for yeah sure. no we, we we kept a hold of them and, and we're doing that but i changed the strategy like i started working within that business where i became the gc so i would manage the project i actually have skills so i was working in that business as well so i was getting paid for my time while i worked in it we were getting a joint venture share of the property you know 50 or 40 or 50 percent and then we were also property managing it so i started the property management company and that kind of became my bread and butter for right up until 2019, where we sold the property management company to a guy that worked for us, did a rent-to-own deal with him because didn't have the cash. So that made total sense. Yeah. And then we just had the opportunity to buy a holiday resort right on Sprout Lake. So at that time, we owned about 20, 24 rentals. We got some in, in Alberta, some in more, the rest all on the island. We had a commercial property, 20,000 square foot offices, warehouse. And then this opportunity came up for the resort. And it was just a huge lifestyle shift. It was like, yeah, you know what? This is like, I guess I've been working towards, I lived on the lake, but I never spent any time because you were paying for living at the lake. Right. And now this, it allowed me to work within a business that I love. I mean, I'm working, I shouldn't say three months a year. I'm working 
a defined time, three months of the year, the rest of the time is super flexible. So it allows me to be on the lake, live on the lake. Everyone's on holiday. Everyone's happy. You have 12 houseboats, a pub, a restaurant, two four-bedroom Airbnbs and five little rental cabins. Wow. Nice. So beautiful. So that's basically my retirement plan is just to live and work there and tinker in the business. And yeah, loving it. Starting to enjoy life. We took a month off to go to the UK, you know, season ski passes every year now. So starting to reap the rewards of, you know, that work that I feel like we put in the last 10 years. Well, congratulations. That's, that's wonderful. So besides the seasonal resort, are you still doing the Burr strategy? Are you still buying any single family homes and that sort of thing? Or are you kind of mm-hmm. just... So I am point. now. I didn't because the market just went nuts. And the, the you know, the cost to rent and the cost to purchase, the supply and demand, all that was just, it was like a feeding frenzy. So I wasn't interested. And then we just had some announcement in the Alberni Valley. Yeah, there's a billion dollar development going in. The city just bought the waterfront, which is going to make it like Campbell River. So from it turning in from like a mill, now it's going to be like uh, residential, like commercial, you know, yeah. shops, a nice boardwalk, a park. It's going to become a waterfront community. Yeah. And the, the growth of the community will be about 25% in the next five years. So that's a good, you know, solid growth work. So at that point, when that was announced, then I looked at the market and we picked up a couple of different properties, a BC box, that you know, a paint and stuff. We did a duplex that had been derelict for like 25 years. We picked that up and we're picking that up at the price today, a derelict house for the same price that was our after repair value 10 years ago. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's crazy, isn't it? You just, you look at what's happening, but it's still affordable. You know, when people, everyone's saying it's not affordable because I think our average house price went above 500,000. But I'm like, okay, but I'm now renting a three bedroom suite for two grand upstairs, you know, a nice suite. And I'm like, if you've got two people working a job, that's five, 6,000 a month coming in. That, that's in the affordability index. Mm-hmm. And then a two bedroom in the basement, you're getting 1450. So before it was the 1% rule. Now for 500 grand, you're probably getting about 35, 3,600 bucks back in rent. So still decent, as long as you get in the right area where the, the property taxes are lower. So I, well, I mean, and you've got a kind of a long-term perspective. That's what we we're talking about off camera as well is, you know, in the boom times, which we're in right now, beginning of 2022 that we're recording this, you know, like you were saying, everybody looks like a genius if they've, they've owned a property for three or four or five years, right? But I love the fact that you got involved in this in a really flat market. I mean, that's that's where you yeah. cut your teeth. And your whole investing philosophy, if I'm not mistaken, was not based at all on appreciation. It was based on cash flow and mortgage pay down and and the other profit centers. I remember speaking to someone, you know, as, as I was actively, you know, looking for joint venture partners. And this is within my friends and family group. You know, I remember sitting to someone saying, I can tell you how to make a million dollars in real estate. And they were like, how? Why don't you buy four houses for 250 grand each, rent them out for 20 years, pay the mortgage down, there's a million bucks. No rocket science. Now let's go buy a house. And that was pretty much how I attracted capital within my network. Very yeah, golden circle. So, yeah. Don't overpromise, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and now the, you're looking like a freaking hero to all those guys. Oh yeah, I mean I'm like legendary now. I was way ahead of the curve, <laughs> but we know that's not reality. You know, that's yeah. no one could predict that. No, like no, it's no. just it's just you know the way things go. I mean, we can look at, you know, we can go way deep in this, and we understand the population growth and people coming in and the number of houses being built. But there's a lot going on in the macro and micro, but it's not it's not something that I was. I wasn't like when you see the TV shows and that I'm making 40,000 overnight, 50, that wasn't what was appealing to me. It was just, look, I can create myself a job. 
That's why we did the property management. I can do jobs within real estate. I paid myself an hourly rate to go fix stuff and build and renovate and all that kind of stuff. And then I create some wealth on the back end. So it was like a little three-step strategy that I had. And Worked it really takes, well. yeah, it takes a cycle of real estate and you look back and go, wow, I've actually done okay in that cycle. So yeah, I was, I was lucky as well. You know, it's, I had good people around me, good team. Yeah, you did. You definitely did. And I know you're, definitely you're a big part of doing that. Now you've taken over revenue.com, yep. which was originated by our, our friend, uh, Julie Broad back in the day, and, and yeah. now you're running running with that. You know what? That's I want to switch gears for a second here, Gary, and because you've got a unique perspective, being from the UK originally yourself, and doing a few deals back in the day, back in the UK, and then coming over to Canada and doing deals here. What can you tell me about the the similarities and the differences between investing there and investing here? That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there, this is Dave DeBow, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio, and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's book at chatwithdave.com. So the similarities, I'll, I'll hit them first because I think that's probably the easiest. You know, there's there's a, a mobile market, a mobile workforce that are moving around for jobs, even though, you know, a British version of moving a long way is like an hour away. That's like, we do that just to go shopping. And kind of that's like, so there's still a mobile market moving around for jobs, for things. So it's a lot more condensed. You know, I'm thinking more like if you think major cities like Vancouver, people might move around within those areas for, for jobs. And the rent-to-purchase ratio was around the same when I started. You know, for every 100 grand, you get $1,000-ish of income. So that was about where it was at. In, you know, in a normal town in Normalsville on Normal Street. But the difference is it's a lot stricter controls over there. It's really? very left-wing, yeah. So it's, you know... Getting people out is really hard. I mean, I know some TV shows people can watch, but the reality of it is when you're on the cold front, it's actually, it's difficult if you get bad tenants. So your tenant profile, but there's a lot of tenants over there. A lot of people don't own it. The houses are a hundred years old. They're not, and the, the problems you have are things like there's no parking because that street of houses was built when cars weren't around. No one owned a car. Yeah. Now three people own a car in every single house. that's only six foot wide. So you end up having to different sort of problems that you got to try and solve over there. Uh, I found when I came over here, it was like going, in my opinion, back a generation. Everyone was a bit more relaxed. It wasn't about as much as how the house looked. It was more about the space around the house so they could park where I was anyway, you know, the boats, the cars, the trailers, right. all that kind of stuff, which was easier to achieve because a lot of the houses here had bigger lots, were bigger spaces. But now we're definitely seeing a shift. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in my daughter's apartment here. I'm moving into our first apartment. Everything's coming into these multifamilies. I think we're definitely seeing that shift towards that condensed living where people are moving into smaller spaces. You know, they want more of a lifestyle around that versus the, the big house with a huge yard. Like that's, that's not reality. That wasn't reality in England and it was reality here. But now I'm seeing that shift towards that. And I'm actually looking actively looking to shift gears into that multifamily in the town I'm in because now the half a million dollars on a four, 
like it's not a thought. I know it doesn't sound crazy. I'm not, some people are going half a million is cheap. Other people are going half a million is a ripper. Yeah. So it's like, but in our town, half a million is getting to price out of people that are growing up there. Right. But all they do is change the product that they're selling you. Okay. So you can't buy a single family home with 3000 square foot, but you can buy this thousand square foot multifamily building for 300 and then we'll see the, so there's still so much room to grow. And now we've got, you know, population growth, that kind of stuff, which in the UK, population growth, and again, similarity, huge population growth, but a lot of that was being a part of Europe and the European yeah, working migrants coming in like en masse, and yeah. they were just looking for places to stay. So there was opportunities there. It's just not something I wanted to play, and I felt more comfortable doing the single family home, the couples, the things like that. So Very that was the difference. Yeah, I definitely, I felt like we were a generation behind, so you had the foresight to see this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting, really, really interesting. And Gary, I know a couple of years ago you you took over or you got involved with revenue. Tell us a little bit about that. What do you guys do? What are you up to these days? I know that back in the day, they're well, we're just kind of on our tail end, hopefully, of this pandemic. So yeah. how's that affected you guys? What are you up to with revenue? So really what happened, my stepdaughter, I was looking for a CEO to come in and help with rental house profits as it was at the time. And I just, I couldn't manage that workload, be on the tools, be the GC, run the property management company. Like it was just getting too much. And I was in a mastermind group with business people and they'd suggest that I find a CEO. I already had a portfolio that was attractive to someone coming in. And at the time, my stepdaughter was working with me and she ended up becoming the CEO. I asked if she commits to five years, would she, you know, and I give her 10% a year of ownership and we'd get 50% of anything we buy from that day moving forward. So she was love to do that but she's the one who purchased revenue she bought the rights as julie was just moving out and dave were moving down to la there i think they licensed out their rookie to rock solid program and their rent to own and creative strategies program so carissa purchased the licensing to that and when she came in i said okay but if you bring that in we'll look at which brand is best and we'll just amalgamate them into one so a couple of years as things moved and then Revenue just seemed the natural brand to have. You know, it had an established YouTube channel. I think it was like 3,000 subscribers at the time. Mm-hmm. And we'd grown that to like seven or eight, something like that. And then we were just looking, because it's more about people being aware of what you do, how to do things. I like the, you know, we changed the mission statement slightly to be, you know, for help people understand the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate so you can live a life that you love. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, you know, we get sold, me included, you know, a lot of times on the latest shiniest thing that you follow and you're spending money on. And a lot of the time we forget as I did to take a step back and actually let real estate fund the life that you want to live. So we decided to use that to grow our circle network. And then from that, we could connect with people, build relationships. And, you know, as you know, any relationships you build potentially can lead to profitable relationships and working relationships. And that's kind of why we run it. It's not really, we're not trying to become, you know, another big education company that's not where we're looking to generate money we're just trying to create a network and at the same time put some decent content out that people can follow i think i've got the top five lies that tenants will tell you it's one of our top top videos there so nice. controversial how i guess one of the ones you can put it um, julie's got like however i think one of the videos is like two hundred fifty thousand, and it's like the five things tenants never clean and that's that's still getting hate comments on it it's great <laughs> Uh, Gary, time flies when we're having fun. So people want to find out more about Gary Spencer Smith and or revenue. What should they do? Yes, yeah, so they can go to revenue.com, R-E-V-N-Y-O-U.com. 
look on there. We've got information on our site that links to our YouTube channel and things like that as well. If you want to connect with me, feel free to reach out. I'm pretty much on all social media outlets. If anyone's looking at the island, the valley, anything like that, I'm glad to help people out, give tours. I regularly speak to people who are looking at the area. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a believer that even though it's a small town, I don't believe in scarcity. So it's, you know, there's so much going on. It's, there's an abundance for everybody if people want to play in that field. So That's yeah, feel awesome. free to reach out anytime. Glad to help. Fantastic. Gary, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun reconnecting. Thanks, Dave. Been a pleasure as always. See you in 10 years. <laughs> Hopefully sooner than that. <laughs> All right, everybody, take care and we'll see you yes. on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.